This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, and we'll get there in a minute. But Jeremiah chapter 3 will be our foundation scripture for my teaching around Past Appreciation Month. And so <clears throat> the overall title for this month is Understanding and Embracing the Gift of Pastor. Understanding and Embracing the Gift of Pastor. And my piece portion is The Office of Pastor. So as for opening statements, The Office of Pastor is given by God. Understand that. The office of pastor is given by God. God knows who he calls. It is for purpose sake and order. Now, if ask you this question, do you respect the office of pastor? Because who you don't respect, you cannot appreciate. You have to to respect the office and who you don't respect you will not appreciate so if you say you respect the office of pastor but you don't but you don't respect the person then that is disrespectful again I'll say it again if you say I respect the office of pastor but I don't respect the person that's in that office that is disrespectful if you don't respect the person in that office you can't respect the office Again, if you don't respect the person in that office, you can't respect the office. And if you don't respect the person in that office, you can't appreciate the office. So God calls those in the office of pastor. And God gives out the assignment to the pastor that is needed for his people at a particular time. Again, God gives out the assignment to the pastor whom he has called that is needed for his people at a particular time. It is God's order, not man, who establishes the pastor assignment and direction. It's God's order, not man, who establishes the pastor's assignment and direction. So it is in this time that God has given his assignment to Pastor Alva Hill for the work that he has called us to do. She is not the interim pastor. She is the pastor that God has given his assignment to for us to follow. I'll say that again. She is not the interim pastor. She is the pastor that God has given his assignment to for us to follow. It is in this assignment through Pastor Alva Hill that we are functioning, operating as a church ministry in this dispensation. This is what really amazes me. I, don't, I wonder how you think we are operating since September 1st, 2018. Under what order, right? Under what authority? How are we operating if she is not the pastor? I wonder that. 
Because if you think in your mind we're operating off of the afterflow of our founding pastor, you're wrong. He has completed his assignment. We are in a new dispensation now. And God has given an assignment to our current pastor for us to follow. And that's how we are functioning as a church. Do you know everything we have done since that time has been led by our, our pastor? She has given us direction for these things. The, the messages, the teachings, the things we've done, it's been given by her to us. And she's gotten it from God. That's how we are still operating as a church. And that's why I hope you really understand what has happened. I hope you understand. That's why I say she is not the interim pastor. She's the pastor. It's who God has given the assignment to for us. She has a direction for this ministry at this time. So God has shown us great mercy. Again, since September 1st, 2018. For with God, we are still able to go on as a ministry. A church whose function hasn't changed or ceased. I thank God for this ministry. We have not stopped as being a church. We have not stopped as being a ministry. We have not changed what has already been founded. So it's a great mercy for the transition from one pastor, our founding pastor, to our current pastor. That is great mercy to be able to transition. You have no idea. Let me say this to you. I have no idea. I just know it's great mercy. I'm not in her shoes. You know, and I say this, I hear people say this, you know, I, I, they say, well, I've watched her and I, I've seen her life and all this. I'm going to tell you this, uh, Pastor, I, I don't watch you. You don't show me everything. For years, you've been showing me everything I need, to, I need to see. I'm not watching you. I pray for you. I pray for her. I pray because I can't even imagine the things that she has to deal with. I can't imagine. I pray for her. My prayers go out to her. I'm not watching her, expecting what I'm watching for. She don't show me everything I've already need to see. I'm not watching her. We, I said, we need to get our, keep our eyes on the Lord. He'll show you what you need to see. Not sitting here watching her. We're hearing from God. Pray for our pastor. She needs our prayers. Continue to God giving her direction for this ministry. Because God has given that assignment in her hands. Pray for her. So it's only through the great mercy of God that we're able to go on again as a church, as a ministry in this time. Now notice what has happened since September 1st, 2018. Notice what, what we've, what's happened. Other words, what has been added? Again, I'm saying we are still functioning as a ministry. We've added two new deacons. You heard one of the brothers a, a few minutes ago. That's happened since then. Again, I'm reminding you some stuff because I, I think you've forgotten that we have still functioned as a ministry since this time. We've added two new deacons. Two. Outstanding men of character. To the office of deacon. We've also started the next generation service. Again, we started it. The next generation service focused on this generation. Again, Pastor Hills Arrows. Which these things have been started. Look at God. I want you to see God in all this. We also had a, a specific service that was conducted and led by the next generation. Sunday morning, Sunday evening. We had two of the ladies come and, and minister and teach us about prayer. But the whole service was led by that generation. 
Again, these are things that I'm reminding you, right, how we're operating as a church in a ministry. Also, we just got, came off of our 31-day fast. Again, the fast was called by God, but who heard from God to tell us when to have the fast was our pastor. I'm going to say, you may have had in your mind, yeah, we need a fast, but you didn't have the details. Why? Because God didn't give you the details. He gave his details to who he has an assignment for, was through our pastor. And you know, we've taught him these, she taught him these things early on in the year, and the fasting comes until months later. So what does that mean? It was all about God's timing. And she had God's timing. Let me tell you, nobody else in this room had God's timing. If you said you did, you are lying. She had God's timing for that fast. But look at the changes in your life. It was the perfect timing. It was God's timing while we had those 31-day fasts. And understand this. This 31-day fast we have, it's bigger than us. You understand it, right? I, I know it was dealing with us individually. I know it was dealing with us as a ministry. But it's bigger than us when it comes to God's plan. God is doing, God is doing a great work among us. In us and through, He is doing a great work. You better get on board with Him. We are part of that great work. But these things that have happened since September 1st. Well, then people may say, well, what about people getting saved? Let me tell you about people getting saved. I was back in the YWC and I saw four teenagers receive salvation. You tell me the Spirit of God is not in this place. Four teenagers receive salvation. Now, if you don't rejoice, all heaven rejoiced that night. And nothing like getting young people saved. And they weren't coached and they weren't, you know, prod and just presented the gospel message. And they like, I want to receive Jesus. I'm convicted. I need to be saved just from the word of God. See, these things happened since September 1st. Don't miss God. That's why it's time for everyone to be in place. It's time for everyone to be in place. Get yourself in position. You and Jeremiah, let's go ahead and read the scripture. Jeremiah chapter 3, starting at verse 15. It says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understand. Now we're going to spend the time breaking down this passage of scripture. Because I want you again be clear that you hear what God is saying. So again, he says, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, when he's the first word in that passage of scripture after the end, it says, I. Who is the I? That's God, the Lord God. He is the one. God alone gives you pastors. Catch that. that I mean, if you miss that, then you miss the whole teaching about all together when it comes to pastors. God's given that office. God alone is giving you pastors. Jehovah. And then it says, giving you to, I will give you pastors. Who is it you? That's us. So now God is giving us, us meaning the congregation, pastors. I'm taking my time with this because I think we missed this. Right? God is the one giving us the congregation pastors. 
And that word pastors represents a shepherd. A shepherd is a caretaker of a master's flock. And the flock is a multitude of sheep under the care of a shepherd. And the flock represents us, the congregation. So now, God is going to give us a shepherd, a caretaker over his flock. Think about how good God is. That's why he says, I'm going to give you pastors according to my heart. God is. So that means pastor is a gift from the Lord God to us, the congregation. God gives this gift based on what is needed. God is not wasteful. God has given this gift of pastor based on what is needed. God chooses the gift needed for you. You don't choose the gift. You know, here's something that, you know, we are, everybody else about what they remember Sister Hill saying or Pastor Hill saying. I remember something she said too. I remember something she said. She said, you know, maybe God may put into me what you need. Maybe. And this was years ago. Maybe God put into me what is going to be needed for you. Because God chooses the gift a pastor based on what is needed for you. You don't choose a gift. You don't tell God what gift you want. The call of pastor and teacher is by God, not you. What, is, what do I do then? You choose to receive from the gift that God has chosen. That's your responsibility. The embracing of the gift. You submit to the office. You commit yourself to the work. That's your responsibility. You choose to embrace the gift that God has, has chosen for you, submit to the office, and you commit yourself to the work. Why are we complaining to God about the gift that He's given us that's needed for you or for us? I thank God for the gift of pastor. I thank God He's called her out at this time to be our pastor because that's what we need. Based on God. See, nobody in this, you know, God always reminds me and tells me that you're not God. Nobody here is God. You're not God. What do I mean by you're not God? You don't know what you need. Oh, I know what I need. You don't know what you need. God knows what you need. And he's poured it into our pastor on assignment to give to you. And see, we're looking at her and, and God's like, you need to look at me. I'm the one. That put her in that position. Get your eyes off of her. That's what I keep saying. Why are you watching her? Go to the Lord. And thank God for the gift that He's given you at this time. Because it is what you need. So when he says here in this passage of Scripture, I will give you pastors according to my heart. What does he mean by, what, what does he mean by according to my heart? What comes from the heart of God? We know love comes from the heart of God. Remember, he said he's going to give you pastors according to his heart. Now, God cares about us and give us pastors out of his heart, which is love. That's right there shows that he loves us. He cares for us. What comes out of the our heart of God? Mercy. Again, we learn about mercy and we learn about great mercies. That all comes from the heart of God. And that's why he's given you pastors. What else comes from the heart of God? Chastening. Correction. 
that comes from the heart of God. Judgment comes from the heart of God. Again, you can understand, these are all the characteristics you'll see in the shepherd. Because they're coming from the heart of God. See, again, don't blame the, the vessel. Don't blame the, the instrument, right? They're, they're going, they're on assignment. That's why they're going to chasten you. That's why they're going to correct you. But that's also why they're going to love you. They're going to show you compassion. Because they're coming out of the heart of God. So if you can see God, then you can see the heart of the pastor. And it's there. The love. Compassion. Faithfulness comes from the heart of God. In other words, faithfulness of God. And those that are on assignment from God comes from the heart of God. Let me say that again. Those on assignment from God comes from the heart of God. It's out of the heart of God comes the assignment given to our pastor. So God has given us this congregation, a pastor, according to his heart. It speaks to the care God has for us to give us a caretaker for the flock, for this congregation. What an awesome God we serve. See, God cares for us. That's how can be giving us our pastor. So now once God delegates or calls the pastor into office, again, he gives them an assignment. And the pastor is on an assignment from God. And God only gives his assignment to whom he calls. And again, I know it sounds like I'm saying the same thing to you, but I hope you're hearing it. <laughs> and God only gives his assignment of whom he calls. The rest of delegate authority are to follow that assignment to help bring it to pass. This is what's called the ministry of helps. So the ministry of helps are set up to follow the delegate authority whom God has called, which is the pastor. The pastor has an assignment. We are now in line in that assignment. Once we follow that, that's, our, that's called the ministry of helps. And we mean helps in, in governments. And it, and it bears out in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. We won't turn there. Do that in your own time. But that's where it talks about the ministry of helps. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. But helps in governments, this is the governing body in the local church. That's what we mean by helps in governments. It's the governing body in the local church. How we operate as a church it helps. And this organization is based on the pastor's assignment. So we're operating, again, as a church, based on the assignment that God has given our pastor. That's how we operate. That's the helps. Anything outside of that is not pertaining to this ministry, because that's not the assignment that we are on. If you are here, then you are under the assignment given to our pastor. I'll say that again. If you are here, then you are under the assignment that was given to our pastor. By God. Get up under that. Again, that's why everybody needs to be in place. Because God has already given out his assignment to her. She is the pastor. And so the organization or the helps are driven by the pastor's assignment. Not vice versa. What that means. The organizations and helps are not driving the pastor's direction. It's not in your organization. It's not in your helps. that now you're going to drive the pastor's direction. 
Because, you know, we'll start getting our mind that our, whatever entity that we are in ministry helps, that should drive the pastor's direction. No, God has already given an assignment. We are under that assignment. We're not driving her, her direction as pastor. Right? What do you mean by that? Because, you know, we think our auxiliary is the most important thing at church. We don't get amens on that, right? We think our auxiliary is the most important thing at church, regardless of the pastor's assignment. So now here comes the pastor assignment that speaks to you out of that direction and you don't want to change. Because your auxiliary is bigger than the pastor's assignment. You think you know what's best for your auxiliary, but you're, not out, but you're outside of the, the pastor's assignment. Then you are out of order. And again, these things I'm saying now were, were said a year ago, at least, about there's changes coming. Why? Because we are under a new dispensation. We are under a new assignment. Our founding uh, past assignment has been completed. He is refreshed. Thank God. But we are under a new assignment. And all the auxiliaries and organizations and the helps need to fall in line on that assignment. So your organization, your helps... Whatever auxiliary you're doing is not bigger than a pastor's assignment. It's not. So flow with it. You know, this turns into an AMC session real quick, right? You know, being able to follow delegated authority. That means if you're part of the praise and worship, part of the choir, you're part of children ministry, you're part of, you know, YWC, whatever, it, whatever aspect you are, you should be following in line in the direction that has been given to our pastor. Not trying to tell her the direction that we should be going. And again, your ideals may be good ideals, but they're not in line with the assignment. Because God has given her the assignment. She can hear from God because she's on assignment. Now, it's not like you're hearing from somebody else because you're on assignment as well. We're not here dictating to her what we should be doing as a church. She's on assignment by God. Right, so why did God give pastors to us according to his heart? Right, and so back in Jeremiah 3 and 15, he says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So now this assignment that God has given is to feed you with knowledge and understanding, again, according to his heart. It's what you need. So the Lord will feed his flock. Now turn to Ezekiel chapter 34. You and Jeremiah, a few books over. Ezekiel chapter 34. Because understand, the Lord's going to feed his flock. It's amazing how now we have a pastor and you still here hungry. I don't know how you're hungry when he's feeding you. He being the Lord feeding you through our pastor. He's going to feed the flock. He's going to feed the congregation through the pastor. Ezekiel 34, verse 15. It says, I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. You see that, right? He said, I will feed my flock. If you're not being fed, then I wonder who flock you belong to. It is not because it is not set up the pastor, the shepherd is here. You should be getting fed. Now, maybe you don't like what's being fed to you. That's a whole different issue. You take that up with somebody else. 
Somebody else, man, you take that up with God. But God is here to feed you. He said, I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. Verse 16, he says, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. And I will bind up that which was broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. You see the promises God has here. He said he's going to seek that which was lost. That sounds like restoring this generation. Those that were in distress. Bringing them again that was driving away. Whatever drove them away, now they're gathering here. I heard Brother Epart talk about the end gathering. The gathering is a time. Bringing them in. And they're going to bring them in where? Under the, the pastor, under the shepherd that's here. The caretaker of the master's flock. He's bringing them in. Why? So he can feed them. He said, I will strengthen that which was sick. Now, if you were here last Sunday and you going, if you were here last Sunday and you still question the office of pastor, you're missing God totally. Again, this is what I don't understand with people. They, they think you actually step into something because you want it. Like it's something that, hey, I'm, just, I'm doing something because of me. Not being led by the Lord. They think you're just doing it because it's just what you want to do. These, things that go, you, you have to be called by God to do the things that God, that goes on in this ministry. What happened last Sunday was the Spirit of God alone. It's not because of an individual, it's God. She's operating under that, under that office of pastor. It's God. And he's going to strengthen the sick. And those that were sick came down and got strengthened. Because of the office of the pastor. And that office is still here. Again, that's why I mean God has a care for us and has given us a pastor. I thank God for that. Having our pastor now shows us that God cares for us. And that we have a work to be done. So again, the Lord will feed his flock. He's going to seek those which are lost and bring them again that were driven away. The Lord is going to strengthen the sick. You still in Ezekiel 34, turn to verse 22. Ezekiel 34 and 22, it says, Therefore I will save my flock, and they shall no more be prey, and I will judge between cattle and cattle. He said he's going to save my flock. I like this. I like how the Lord is putting a lot of possession on who is his and who's not. If you're part of this flock, then you should belong to the Lord. If you don't want to be part of this flock, then guess what? You can, you know, you have the, the ability to leave. No one's keeping you here. You can just go. You can gracefully bow down or you can abruptly bow. You can still leave. You know, that's one thing. We're, just, we're a church. We're just a church, people. We're a church. Right? No one's getting paid here like that. You're not going to lose your job. It's nothing like that. We're just a church. You can leave. It's okay. But while you're here, you're not going to cause trouble. So therefore, he said he's going to save his flock. And there shall be no more a prey. Because see, without a pastor, you become prey to this world. And the world is going to consume you. That's what a pastor is there for, again, to comfort, to mercy, to chasten, to correct you, to give you guidance. Because the world is here to consume you. That's what we thank God for, our pastor, our shepherd that we have. The caretaker of the master's flock is here on an assignment so that we won't be prey. And then he says, I'm going to judge between cattle and cattle. Sheep and sheep. God's going to judge 
how you bring forth respect and honor to the shepherd that he gave you. He's going to judge that. He's going to judge amongst the flock or how you treated the shepherd. See, a judgment day is coming. The judgment day is coming not only how you treated the founding of father or our founding pastor, but now it's going to come with our current pastor. And then the years to come. We live to the time when Minister Hill becomes pastor. He's going to judge all those peers. He's going to judge. God's going to judge us. So be careful what you say. Careful what you do. Coming against the office of pastor. Verse 23. He says, And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Again, we know he's talking about the one shepherd. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. Shepherd. But all the local shepherds are under him. Remember what I said, because God called the office of pastor. So our pastor is now under the chief shepherd. So guess what? You start dealing with her, you're dealing with the chief. You're dealing with the Lord. You understand, you're going against God and you don't even know it. And if you do know that you're on a different assignment, we're not here to put down our current pastor. We're not. Here's here's what some of you say. Well, you know, things are just not the same. That's the whole point. Listen to yourself. Things are not the same. Exactly. That is the whole point. It's a new assignment, a new dispensation that we are under. Things will not be the same. Why? Because she is on assignment from God. And God has given the assignment for us and we have to move forward in that assignment. Because God has turned. God has turned the corner. We better turn with him. So again, this one shepherd is referring to Jesus Christ alone. He is the chief shepherd. But they are under him, under his lordship. But again, God is the one that's going to feed his flock. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 40. Go back. Isaiah chapter 40. Give you a few scriptures. It is Sunday morning. Isaiah chapter 40. Look at this in verse uh, verse 10. Isaiah 40 and 10. It says, Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand and his arm shall shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Again, the passage show it's the Lord God that's feeding his flock. And he said he's going to feed his flock like a shepherd. He's putting you in the shepherd's hands to feed you. The care, the nourishment, the gentleness. It talks about the that's all the Lord's taking care of his flock. See, I want you to think about this and every time you start saying things and like we said before, eat pastor, things you start saying about the pastor because God has given that pastor for you, the flock, to care for you. I'm not coming against God. He cares for the flock, to feed them. And he's given us a pastor, a shepherd, to care for us according to God's purpose. So that means in order for the pastor to feed us, the pastor must re- receive from God God's instructions. 
Again, in order for them to feed us, they must first receive from God God's instruction. God has only given His instruction to His delegated authority. God is only given His instructions to His delegated authority. You do not have the instructions from God. She does. We're falling under that. So God is a God of order. He is not deviating His order or His timing because you don't understand. Again, God is a God of order. He is not deviating His order. He is not deviating His timing because you don't understand or you don't agree with who God has called at this time. God makes everything beautiful in His time. This is God's timing. This is this order. And God's not going to change or deviate because you don't understand it or you don't agree with it. See, we are in the grand... If I said this thing is bigger than us. We are in the grand scheme of God's plan right now. It's, a, it's bigger than us, people. But we have a part to play in it. Now, I'm, I'm going to bear this out. Now, turn with me to, to Luke chapter 1 because... This is something that it's amazing your time of meditation, amazing the time of prayer and fasting that the Lord gives you to help you say some things, communicate some things about God's timing and His order, how He's not changing. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at the circumstances around the birth of John the Baptist. Hopefully we can glean from this for a church of living water in this time. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse number... Five. Luke 1 and 5, it says, There was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abia. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So we have Zacharias, we have Elizabeth, and Zacharias was a priest. So again, very familiar story. Verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Now, I'll tell you, this is a powerful testimony. He said they both was. So the husband, Zacharias, and Elizabeth were righteous. They were in right standing with God. And they said was walking after all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. And a lot of us in the room, we, can't, we don't have that testimony. But they did. So now we see what kind of individuals these are right now when it comes to their walk with God. Catch this. Verse 7. Now, and they had no child. Now we can stop there and that can minister right there, right? Because now, you know, man, they have a walk with the Lord. They are blameless before God. But for some reason they had no child. It says that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. So that means they've went a long time in their marriage relationship and her wife was barren. But they still were righteous. They still were faithful. They did not stop the work of the Lord because they couldn't have a child. Verse 8. And it came to pass that while he executed Zacharias, the priest's office, before God, in order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. 
And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. Because the time of incense talks about the time where they're praying. Incense are being drawn out, blown up. And that's what it, time of praying for the Lord. And it appeared unto him, against Zacharias, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias saw him, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. So we can see now that Zacharias, in this time of his, his order of being a priest, bringing up incense, that in this time of their praying, catch the praying, that the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he saw the angel of the Lord. Now here's what the angel of the Lord said, verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Look at what this angel told this man. He first told him, Fear not. He told him, Your prayer is heard. So that means he must have prayed about having a son. Right? And the angel's telling him, your prayer is heard. But then we saw back in verse 7, it says, both him and his wife were well stricken in years. So here's my thought, first and foremost, we keep going in a minute. I wonder, was that a prayer he said recently? Or was it a prayer he said early? But catch this, God remembers your prayers. Oh, you... You, you keep, hopefully you'll catch something here. What God is doing. God remembers the prayers that have been offered up. You don't know what's going on at the time. You don't know why the season we are in now, maybe it's an answer to someone's prayer. You don't know that. God is answering in prayer right now that you may not even be aware of. That may have been prayed a, a while before. The angel said again, Thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Verse 14, And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice in his birth. It's the angels telling them, you're going to be glad, you're going to have joy, and many are going to rejoice because of your son. Now, what kind of witness and testimony goodness is that? For he shall be a great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine or no strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. See the, the details that this angel is giving about this man's son. When it comes to the work of ministry, when it comes to the work of the Lord, the assignment that he's going to be on. He shall rejoice. Verse 16, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. This brother is going to be powerful. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, hearing all that, the angel appeared to you saying your prayer has been answered, telling you about what your son's purpose is going to be, what his name is going to be. What should you think would be your response? And remember... They were righteous, walking with the Lord, blameless people. Now look at what Zacharias responds, verse 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife, she's even older. Well stricken in years. Here's Zacharias. How dare you come tell me this now I got old. You know, you could have showed up 40 years ago when we was young, you know. 
we could have had some children. You're going to come now my old age and tell me that I'm going to have a child. How dare you? We're we in age now. In other words, my time is past. Catch this. Because in his, in Zechariah's mind, all, he didn't hear anything. He missed all the stuff that his son was going to do. All he thought about it was, I'm old now. But remember, the angel told him, you prayed this. God heard your prayer. This is the answer to your prayer. See, I want a church in the world what you prayed for. See, don't complain about Pastor Alva Hill. And that's the answer to your prayer. God said, this is your prayer that has been answered to you. She's shown up for this dispensation of time to answer your prayer. We're going to drive this home for you because... Just because you, you are righteous and standing in right standing with God doesn't mean you know God's direction or His purpose. I'll say it Just because you are righteous and you're walking according to the, the, the commandments of God, you know, you're like, well, I know I'm right, but God can hear from God. You do not know God's purpose. He's only given that to His delegate authority. Zacharias did not know. He thought his time had passed. I'm going to show up later in my years talking about having a child. God, how dare you? God, like, you prayed that. See, learn about your prayer. You better put some, put some specification on your prayer. Well, God, let me have a child while I'm still in childbearing years. You'll learn, you'll learn how to pray better now. Because the things you prayed about, you think in your mind, well, you know, I'm still bearing now. Hey, but you remember you prayed, I want a child so bad. Hey, God, I'm going to give you what you prayed for. In your old age, for purpose sake. And this is all about exactly. This is all about purpose. That's what we're talking about here. God's not deviating from his plan. This is all about God's purpose and his timing. God knew already when John was going to come on the scene. And so Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Look at the angel respond to him. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel. That stand in the presence of God. Now, again, he's letting you know, I'm coming to you because God has sent me. I'm not coming in my own name. I'm coming as a messenger from God on the behalf of God because what you prayed about has now been answered. I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto you and to show thee these what? Glad tidings. This was good news. Verse 20, And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not speak, not able to speak, until the day that these uh, things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Notice what he told Zacharias. Because you didn't believe my words, that I was sent by God to, you're going to be dumb, not able to speak. Until the days that this is going to be performed. You know, what is he telling Zacharias? Oh, you're going to have this child. Right? You're going to be dumb and, 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 and what you're able to speak until you have this child. You know, God did not deviate from his, his plan and his order. See, there's things that God has already said is going to happen. Guess what? He's going to happen. He's going to bring it to pass. Even if you think, oh, there's no... He, well, God will bring these things to pass. God knows how to get your attention. And he's going to stay right there because you're going to do it. 
the angel, up as the angel, like, God, you send me. It's like, how do you respond to me like this? God, do you miss something, God? The angel's like, why are you talking to me like this? But he was not like, going, oh, let me go find somebody else than God because he said he's not doing it. No. No. This was Zacharias to have this child named John with his wife, Elizabeth. Not going to get no young woman. With his old wife, Elizabeth, he's going to have a child. And now he's got to have the child without him speaking. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of the ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. That's right. I got to go get busy. Because, you know, Zacharias, again, we're going, Mary's coming up next, right? But Zacharias, there wasn't an immaculate conception, right? He had to do it the old-fashioned way. Him and his wife had to go hook up. So he had to hurry up and get home. In verse 24, And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. You see now that, hey, Zacharias had to now go home. And I'm not, I will say talk to his wife. He can't talk. So get this now. I, I love these things it brings out, right? Now you are dumb and can't speak. And you got to go tell your wife who's old in age that we got to have a baby. How do you communicate that without speaking? I mean, it's one thing communicating that, hey, we just got this or that. But that means, because that's requires something from you. You know, we got to go in the bedroom or whatever and get busy without speaking. And no matter how long it takes. Because sometimes it takes more than one time to be able to conceive. I understand y'all get holy now and get quiet, right? But you understand the conversation has to happen to his wife. And his, given his wife, they had no idea that... Again, he could not explain anything. He couldn't verbally explain anything that just happened. He had to explain. You think about your, your husband coming home and tell you something like this and he can't talk. But then his, but he's communicating like, we got to have sex? I don't know when the last time we had sex. And we're going to have a child of my old. Well, that's the answer of my prayer. You prayed that? 20 years ago? Did you hear from God? I, I, put yourself where they're at. And he can't talk. See, be careful how you come against God's purpose in his time because God is not coming off his purpose. God's purpose and his plan for this ministry was already set forth. He's going to bring it to pass in his time. See, here's the thing you don't, you don't understand, right? God knew this day was coming. He had already prepared for it. And it was perfect timing that he had laid, laid aside. And the only person, I'm telling you, the only person that could have stepped in and be in the office of pastor is Pastor Hill. For this time. She's the only one. You're like, oh, there's, there was other ministers here. She is the only one that could step in to be pastor at this time. And God is not having it any other kind of way because that's his order. 
it's timing associated with God. See, we think we, we think we know we think we know something about God. You be careful what you think you know about God. Think you've heard something. Think you got more knowledge than God do. Like God, that can't be. But God's like, oh yes, it is. It's my plan. Because Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were righteous people, but they missed God. They could not conceive them having a child. And some of y'all, y'all can't conceive, you know, Pastor Hill being a pastor. But it's God's timing. And it's God's timing for your benefit. Man, God is good. So now let's jump down. We're going to keep, continue with this passage. Because I love this. Jump down to verse 36. Because the Lord spoke. This, this angel now went to Mary and started talking to Mary about what he had called her to do. Then we get to verse 36 in the same passage. And behold, he's talking to Mary. The angel's talking to Mary. He's saying, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she shall also conceive a son in her old age. Now the angel is wrong now. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm done with that couple. They, they old age. So she's going to conceive a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with, with her who was called barren. So that passage letting you know that, hey, what God has said is going to happen is happening. He did not change. And now, he's, now the angel is encouraging Mary because the thing that he told Mary was more miraculous than the thing that just happened between Elizabeth and, and, and uh, Zacharias. Because she's going to have a child without the aid of a man. But he told her she's going to conceive a son of her old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Church, Never forget that phrase, as long as you live. With God, nothing shall be impossible. What God is doing in our midst is, in your mind, may be impossible, but there is nothing that's impossible with God. He is able to bring our pastor in this time for our need for us. Because with God, nothing is impossible. If that's the order that God wants to have our pastors uh, uh, be in this position this time, that's, that's his order. That's his timing. That's needful for us. Because with God, nothing is impossible. See, I'm not going to sit here and try to question God about anything. Like we know more than God does. With him, nothing is impossible. Nothing. And she is, Sister Hill has walked into that position... She has understood, she has heard God and given assignments and, and she has laid out things that she's heard from God that we can function as a ministry, continue on. Because we, and she understands, it's because of God. Because with Him, nothing is impossible. Regardless if she saw it or not, it, she understands it now. It's God. Nothing's impossible. She's on an assignment. God is with her. Now jump down to verse 57. Because we continue on with Zacharias and Elizabeth. Because this is where you think how they should have responded. Verse 57, Luke chapter 1. It says, Now Elizabeth, full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her son. So now, whatever, nine months later, the son is now born. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord 
has shown great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. It's amazing how the cousins and the family member now rejoiced. But when Zacharias heard it, he didn't rejoice at all. Right? And that should be our response to what the Lord has given us in this time. We need to rejoice. Because God has shown us he cares for us. He's feeding us in the office of Pastor Duke, Pastor Albert Hill in this time. We should rejoice. Appreciate our pastor. Thank God for this. Because God is not going to change. I'm going to tell you, whether you agree with it or not, it's already said, God's not changing. The only way you can change, get a new pastor, I guess you have to go somewhere else. Because God's not changing his order. Like he, he didn't change with, with Zacharias and Elizabeth. It's going to happen through them. It was going to happen through Pastor Hill. He's not changing. So either you embrace it or you move on. But God is not changing that. But while we're here, we're going to rejoice. We're going to celebrate. We're going to thank God for our pastor. Verse 57. I mean, yeah, 57, verse 59. It says, And it came to pass. Now remember, Zacharias had this thing that the angel told him, right? When, until this is performed, you can't speak and you're dumb. Until this is performed. Right now, these are little little nuggets for me because I just I like these little things here, right? Because you think now once the baby's here, the baby came, right? There's now Zacharias will be able to talk. But get catch, catch this, right? Verse fifty nine. It says, and it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after his father, after the name of his father, right? And his mother answered and said, Not so. He should be called John. And they said unto her, There's none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And then they made signs to his father. Like, woman, please, let's go talk to the daddy. How will we call him? What should we call him by? And he asked for a written table. Now, why he asked for a written table? Because it's been eight, he still couldn't speak. Now, this is the way I'm saying God is, God is something else. Right? Because I've been saying, Wait a minute, the baby's, the baby's here. Eight days have passed and, I, and he's still not able to speak. You know, God's going to drive his point across. You come against the Lord's order and his timing, there are consequences. Even though you are righteous, you are blameless, you're walking after his commandments, do not come against God's order and his timing. And he, and he asked for a writing table because he thinks he still can't talk. And he wrote saying, his name is John. <laughs> and they marveled all. And his mouth was open immediately, and his tongue loose, and he spake and praised God. I bet you, see, you'd have did that back 40 verses ago, we wouldn't have this. It took this man nine months and eight days to now realize, with God, there is nothing that's impossible. Don't let it take you that long to praise God after the fact, when it's moved in your life. You know, I, I mentioned the things that, that has changed or, or things that have been added since, we, since, since September 1st, 2018. But think about your life. Think about how things have gone. Think about God has still been good to you. A lot of you are not in the same place you were back then. A year has passed and you have still grown. You have still been ministered to. You have still been sustained. God is still taking care of you. Even in the midst of all your disobedience. He is still confirming things in your life. 
And you have yet to rejoice. He has given us a pastor according to his own heart for the time that we need it. Again, don't be like Zacharias. You know, that's why some of you, that's why, I, you know, I know some of you, you've been very quiet. That's a good thing. I guess you like Zacharias. Keep, keep being quiet. Keep your comments to yourself. You know, the angel has to bow down your tongue. It's probably a good thing. Don't say nothing. Until you're ready to praise God for what He has done. That's the time to speak. When you're ready to praise God for what He has done, speak. Until then, bite your tongue, hold your lip. Again, we heard that last Sunday as well, right? The disease is coming out of your mouth. Watch what you say. Because you are coming against God's order and His timing, and you don't even realize it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.